What's up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener of the show, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March4thPod, on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman. The host site is March4th.podbean.com. The link tree with all of my stuff is in the podcast description for this episode. Y'all made it here, so you found me somehow. And I truly appreciate each and every one of you checking out another edition out of March 4th with Mike Bauman podcast. This is like my seventh intro recording this because uh, I got a little drainage, little drainage going on. We've been having some cold weather here in Tennessee. And uh, I, you know, I swear every time I turn everything on and get my mic right and whatnot, load up the software, I start hacking. I get a scratchy throat and I start losing it. But anyway, man, I'm here. I'm alive. I'm well. And I hope that you guys are all doing well out there. I hope that 2023 is off to a great start for all of y'alls. As of recording the intro and close to this week's episode, it is actually a month out from my 35th birthday. So I'm a little reflective because I'm five years almost away from 40 years old, which sounds really spacey and trippy, man, because I remember being 20 like it was yesterday. And uh, even saying that, I feel old because when you're young, you hear people talk like that all the time. Your parents, your grandparents, I remember when... But it is. It's crazy, man. I remember taking road trips with a couple of my buddies, you know, down to Dayton, seeing, you know, hockey games, going to concerts, whatnot. And and here I am, man, in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, five years away from 40, guys. It's a little uh, it's a little depressing as my uh, as my fridge cuts off there. That's right, guys. I have a fridge in my studio. And by studio, I mean my dining room. And my fridge is uh, right behind me in my kitchen. So, but hey, man, we all start somewhere, man. This is this is where where it happens. This is where I record the show. Every everything has a humble beginning at some point. We we all start somewhere, and uh, I truly, man, I know I'm joking a lot right now, but I, I can't thank you guys enough. Everybody who takes the time to check out the podcast, who likes it, subscribes to it, tells a friend to tell a friend, leaves a comment or a rating or a review on Apple or Spotify. It really goes a long way in helping the show get out to more people. And I truly am grateful for all of the wonderful guests that I've been able to have on this show, the relationships that I've been able to build with musicians, PR people. You know, I've had colleagues, friends of mine, business people, you name it, have been on the show. And it's been cool to um, to just see the thing grow over the last almost three years now that, I, that I've really gotten back into this puppy full swing. So I'm really excited for what's on deck for 2023. There's some, some stuff cooking. And uh, that's not just a tease. It's true. So, uh, so yeah, man, I hope that if this is your first intro to the show, if, if this week's guest is what brought you here, hopefully you like my, my goofy self enough to stick around and subscribe and stay tuned, man, because I, uh, I really am excited for what's on, uh, what's on deck for, for 2023 for the podcast. So um, there's a lot of, lot of new new coming. And speaking of new new, I'm actually going to keep this week's intro short because I have a tendency to rant, and I actually had a really awesome conversation with the, the guys I'm about to mention, and so I don't want to take away from our conversation with me just 
running my big yapper here in the intro, especially since I got a little drainage in my throat. <clears throat> in all seriousness, man, uh, I, I don't know about you guys, right? But I can only speak for myself. I love new music. I love new artists. I love checking out new genres. I'm all about it. Some people, they're like, man, my, my Rolodex is full. My hard drive is full. I have the stuff that I like. I have my go-tos. Maybe I'll, I'll do a little offshoot of my favorite bands here and there, my favorite artists, but I kind of stick to what I know, which I kind of feel like is human nature, right? We take comfort and familiarity. I'm, I'm the opposite when it comes to music, man. Like I, I am always down to check out new artists, new bands, new sounds, you know, that's, I, I love it. I, I, I really lo- like live for that. And I think that's one of the greatest things about the time that we're living in now, even though there's been a lot of changes to the music industry, uh, for better and for worse, um, depending on how you look at it with these streaming services, man, you can get put on to, to all different kind of artists with these algorithms and stuff that you like that you didn't even know was out there. And, and I think back in the day, it would have been a lot harder to, to discover new music. And that's why this podcast is so important to me too, because obviously I feature a lot of musicians on this show because I love it. And, um, even though I've branched out beyond that with, uh, you know, business owners and colleagues and friends of mine and whatnot, I digress, but, I love checking out new stuff, and this week's guest, if you are a fan of heavy music, metalcore, prog, gent, all that stuff, alternative, man, you will love these guys. The band on this week's episode of March 4th is none other than Greyweather. Specifically, we've got Jake Mercer, the vocalist, and Brandon Steputat, the drummer, and these guys have roots, this band, to the Pacific Northwest. It's tied into their band name, which has a really heartfelt meaning as you guys will hear in this conversation but they just dropped their debut single white rabbit on friday the 13th last month in january the music video i think actually dropped on the 12th and the music video already has almost fifteen thousand views on youtube the last time i checked spotify white rabbit the single uh had almost i think eight thousand streams just on spotify but the music video is dope and we talk about that and we talk about the meaning behind the song which is off of their forthcoming EP, the Soma Collective. They're just they're just a really cool group of dudes, and they have so much tied into the name of their band, their music, and we go into a lot of different subject matters uh, in this conversation, man. We, we talk about the band, obviously, the meaning behind the name Grey Weather, how these guys came together, but, you know, Jake and Brandon and I just had, like, a deep conversation about life, about being men in today's day and age, anxiety, fears, all of that stuff, music, how it's gotten us through things. And it was just a really awesome conversation. You know, sometimes you meet people and you talk to them for the first time and it's like, it's like you've known them for 10 years and you've been friends since high school or something, you know, and that's how I felt talking to Jake and Brandon from Gray Weather. I just, uh, it it was a really great conversation and, and we touched on a lot of different subjects. But, um, again, if you're a fan of, you know, metalcore, heavy music, alternative gent, all that stuff. You will love Gray Weather. And uh, I really hope you dig this conversation because uh, we go to some some deep places. We go to some dark places. We go to some some happier, lighter places. We just kind of covered the whole gamut. And uh, it was really cool to connect with these guys. And like right from Jump Street, we had a great conversation. And I, I really appreciate them taking the time to do it uh, because we talked for a little while. And I think it was actually the weekend that uh, White Rabbit dropped when we talked um, back in January. Excuse me. There comes those uh, those scratchy throat things again. But anyway, so I, I'm just I'm really excited to give you guys this this conversation because uh, they're a new artist that 
you know, obviously with, like I said, them having some roots to the Pacific Northwest, there's obviously a lot of music history up there. And uh, I really think these guys are going to make their name and, and you guys are going to hear a lot more from Grey Weather in the coming months and years, man. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Jake Mercer and Brandon Steputat of the band Grey Weather. Here it is. <laughs> There we go. Well, Jake, Brandon, thank you so much for taking the time, you guys, to um, to do this. Like we were talking just before I hit record, I, I, I'm I'm really excited for you guys. I loved White Rabbit, and it's and it's actually cool to get you guys um, a day after it, it released, uh, and, <laughs> yeah. and just to, to be fresh on the weekend of the, of the release and have you guys take some time on a Saturday to talk, man. So thank you so much for coming aboard. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. I mean, just obviously there's a, there's, there's a lot I want to get into with you guys. Um, but, but to start on kind of a, kind of a, just like a, a lighter note and just a, just a music note in general. One thing I, I always do like to ask people is kind of what, what the rabbit hole moment was for them musically, whether it's their first musical memory that they have, mm. or the thing that got them going into more heavier music. Do you guys know what those are for you? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> you go first, Brandon. I'll, I'll, I'll okay. follow it up. So the reason I play music is two things, which it, like get into heavy music later, but my father uh, is a drummer, which is just 100% why I play the drums. I think it was about 10 and he kind of got back into it. And I mean, a 10 year old and you bring a drum set in the house, like, I mean, what else is going to happen? Um, so that kind of got me started. And then around the same time he showed me, my first uh, foray into the music of Phil Collins um, is the No Jacket Required album. And I remember thinking it was the coolest thing. And my dad was a big fan. And he kind of was telling me like, oh, he's a singer, but he's also this awesome drummer. And then I just kind of like got into it, into uh, into music from there. Um, and then I'd say heavier music. Um, Norma Jean and the Chariot were like my gateway into like heavier music um and august burns red i would say up there too uh, i think of a thrill seeker album was the first one i heard and then they came out with messengers and i mean it does you know quintessential like metalcore records i think everybody was into that record then but um yeah and then kind of progressed into i mean jake and i's musical tastes pretty pretty varied at this point but um yeah i mean that's kind of how i how i got into it Right on, yeah. man. And then, so I think, trying to think, like, I know I've kind of just heard from my family, like, as a child, I was always, like, singing all the time, less of, like, professional-wise. I didn't, like, start taking singing lessons until I was, like, 18, but I was about 13, and I was showed Green Day. I was showed American <laughs> Idiot by Green Day, and it's just, that that was the moment that... <laughs> I needed to play music. I knew that. I didn't know what kind of music. I needed to play music. And then from there, it was like System of a Down and Under Oath and like kind of slowly started going down the rabbit hole. And I remember at my first concert, it was Haste the Day, Maylene Ooh, yeah. and the Sons of Disaster, From Autumn to Ashes, and I think Alisana. I think that was the bill. It's a wow. fun show. It was a very, good show. Yeah, it was Haste the Day's headliner. And it was like right when uh, they had got their second vocalist, who was like 19. And I was 15 years old, 
front row, like staring up at this dude, like just screaming and singing. And I was like, oh, I want to do this like <laughs> more than anything in my life. This is what I want to do. And that was like fifth, almost 16 years ago now. And here I am a degenerate playing playing some breakdowns, <laughs> but I'm having a great time. So that's all that matters. Yeah. It's, it, it, and I feel like that the metal people, I was talking with another musician about this a while ago. It's like, when you meet, when you meet somebody who's into metal music, it's like that Spider-Man meme. You're like, Oh yes. Like, you're, you're <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like for for me, um, and, and, and listeners of the show know this, but it was my my oldest brother Brandon. He's going to be, uh, I think, forty one this year. So in the mid nineties, it was like when new metal was starting with with Corn mm. and Sick, yeah. those bands. And so he he loved like Corn, but then he also loved Metallica, Guns and Roses, and Megadeth in the early nineties stuff. So I initially started listening to heavier stuff because I just looked up to him and wanted to be like him. And then when my parents got divorced in uh, nineteen ninety nine, I was eleven. And I remember the first time I heard like my own prison on the, on the radio from Creed and like Creed, mm -hmm. Mark Tremonti, like the way he played guitar and, and their music and then Alter Bridge and, and, you know, what they've done with Miles Kennedy. And um, I started getting into like seven dust and all these <laughs> other, you know, back when MTV would play music videos, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember watching like the waffle music video with seven dust and just that don't, 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 don't. <laughs> Like all oh, that rhythm is so awesome. So, so yeah, that that was my rabbit hole. It was actually uh, until it sleeps from Metallica, which was nice. Metallica that that a lot of people were like, oh no, they cut their hair and they're not doing the thrash anymore after the black. <laughs> but I I still remember how heavy seeing that music video was and that song was at the time in the mid '90s when I was like an eight eight year old kid when that came out. So yeah, so, yeah I always mm -hmm. ask how they you know what what was their foray into heavy music because i always feel like it is a, it's a it's definitely a memorable experience it seems like from the from the artists that i talk to yeah yeah definitely so for you guys man uh with gray weather from what i read for a short period of time the band was impulse yeah mm -hmm. so i'll give you a little like low down on that so around 2015 jared and myself who's jared's the guitarist of the band we were in like a small local band together. We were starting to want to put together an EP or an album of songs. So we met, went and met with a guy named Mike Som, and he was a recording engineer based in Portland. And we started kind of like talking with him and he kind of just told us straight out like, Hey, what you guys want to do. I don't think you're, I don't think your whole band's cut out for it. We had like a different kind of light up. And he was kind of right. Like, I love all those dudes. We're all still pretty good friends, but they weren't in it to win it at that time. And Mike was like, well, I'm going to help you guys write this record since it's just going to be two of you. And he knew a guy named Brandon. He introduced us and we just kind of all started writing together. Mm. And then I want to say like maybe about three months into writing, uh, Brandon and Mike just joined. Yeah. They just, <laughs> I was, I, I was always constantly trying to get Brandon to join. That was like, I met Brandon and I was like, no, I want to be a band with this guy. He's rad. <laughs> and then you were, I feel like you were on the fence. You were just waiting for Mike to join pretty much. No, I was like, cause I wasn't, I didn't know if I, cause I had been in bands like in California and I had done a few things and not too long back. I had, I had just kind of exited being in one. Um, and 
I had kind of recently moved. That was when I recently, and I think I had only been in Portland a few months. Yeah. Um, and I had moved to Portland for some like work opportunities in like creative media, like film and TV, and then some um, kind of commercial work as well. And so I was kind of like focused on that. Um, and I was, Mike had kind of pitched it like, oh, you can at least do, you don't have to join, but like you're interested in doing like session work and just writing drums for the record. Um, and then we like over the course of writing the record and hanging out um, and getting to know everybody, we all clicked so well and had just very similar tastes and everything. And I think some just similar life experiences and, and clicked so well that um, Jake and Jared finally kind of wore me down. And then Mike also walked in one day and was like, yeah, yeah I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> the, the old name was kind of like, we were still trying to, that first record we were, we were all getting to know each other while making a record at the same time. So impulse was the only name that we all agreed on, like mm-hmm. didn't have an issue with, cause everyone would pitch a name and Bill and I would be like, no, I, I can't, I don't like that. Or like, that's corny. The, <laughs> the, the band name game. It's awful. It, it yeah. there's so many bands now that yeah. like all the names are gone and people are using numbers and names now <laughs> do what you want to do, but there's too many band names. Yeah, and we put out this first record. We did a little bit of touring on it. Um, that got re-released through Stay Sick Records. We did like two more songs, threw it on there. We just kind of we had some connections through people we knew, and then after that, we started writing, and then COVID hit. So we kind of just took the time to hibernate, for lack of a better mm-hmm. term. Brandon moved to the other side of the country for work. So it kind of, mm-hmm. it just kind of slowed us down. Uh, and then in that process, we had, Jared had talked about wanting to name a record gray weather. And we have been like, why don't we just call the band that that's a, that's a great name. Mm-hmm. Like, and when he kind of told us like the story behind it, we were like, Oh no, that's what the band should be called. Yeah. So as we finished up the second record that we worked on, we were like, all right, well, let's just rebrand. Let's just change the name. Let's move forward. No one really knew this old band. Like we did one tour yeah. without a record. And it's kind of a fresh start because we were also able, I think when we were like impulse and kind of figuring out the the first record, I think, I mean, we were also learning how to play like with each other, with how that goes. Um, when you first play with other musicians that you haven't played with before, um, but I think we are also developing a lot as as musicians individually. And then also of course, together. And I think just kind of developing as, as people still and, and kind of finding our way. And then I kind of feel it, everything just kind of felt right and fell into place to kind of rebrand relaunch um, as a much more kind of focused as a group. And then also individually as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, and, and from what it sounds like too, I mean, you 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 know, Brandon, as far as getting you in the band, like, you know, and, and Jake playing music for a long time and being a singer mm-hmm. for a long time, like you know when you have that synergy with other people, right? Where you're oh, like, yeah. This, yeah. We we can't make this a session thing. We gotta actually do this. Yeah. It was really it was really fun, like writing that first record and kind of like we would uh Mike had like a pretty has a large studio that he Mike's a professional audio engineer. He's worked on a lot of like awesome records, uh extortionist, a few others, uh Crown Magnetar, Chelsea Grand. Yeah, some deathcore, lots of deathcore bands. But he had a big room. So we would just go in that room and play till three, four in the morning and just write these songs. Uh 
it was, and it was like, it wasn't like, oh, I wrote a part, let's record it. It was like, no, we're sitting in a room. We all have earplugs in and we're just writing everything piece by piece as a band. We don't do that as much anymore, but it was still, that was a cool moment because I was like, oh, whoa, I've never heard anything like this. Like this is got a, it's got a great synergy. Like you said, and I was like, okay, we need to keep doing this. Yeah, I think we're a little more like methodical now, but that first record was more like kind of nitty gritty, just like literally just jamming parts in the room and kind of like figuring it out. Yeah, figuring out because we wrote like there was like we would we would change stuff like constantly. Yeah, and it was like yeah, it was at first it was the second record. It took us a little longer to do just because like COVID and life got in the way. and first record we did like everything in person second record it was like everybody kind of was in their own little bubble doing Mm -hmm. their part and then we were contributing it together yeah yeah it was almost actually now that i kind of put it in that context it was almost um yeah we were kind of in our own little bubble and i think we were doing kind of the jamming on our own and then we'd kind of iron out a few a few things and kind of present something that we liked as like, Hey, maybe this is like a finished product or like, give me feedback. I think this is good enough to like pitch to the band as, you know, for parts of songs and things like that. And then I think we kind of ironed it out from there and it was, yeah, it was definitely a different, a different process, but it, it, it worked really well. It worked. I don't know if I want to do it again, but it worked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think the, the, the pandemic, you know, it's been illuminating for a lot of people as far as prioritizing what's important to you, who's important your time and also just what it's like being in isolation and just where your where your mind goes i mean even even me like on one end i'm like oh this is cool i don't have to deal with the national traffic and i can work from home but on the (laughs) other it's like there's a difference between like oh i'm in my i'm in like my hermit mode that that i that's kind of where i go to for better worse sort of my uncomfort comfort zone when i don't want to be around anybody Mm -hmm. versus like well you can't really go anywhere and you or you shouldn't really be yeah uh you know adventurous or or just sort of laissez-faire with what you're doing with your time because you might get really sick or you could get somebody Mm -hmm. else sick it was just and then we had a lot of civil unrest and a lot of stuff on top of that but i yeah one of the good things that's come out about it is i think it really did illuminate mental health for a lot of people yeah definitely that and i think like a lot of people uh fingers on the pulse of just whatever it is like more people are kind of aware of like how the the inner workings of industries are now like i mm-hmm. get the average person learns more about the art industry the music industry now just because of we've all kind of had that time to sit down and reflect our own lives and like you said what we want to do yeah i that's like i feel like i get more stuff so much more now after taking time to sit back and observe for a year or almost two yeah, definitely. Kind of being able to like observe outwardly and then also have this time, like a lot of time for also kind of inner and self-reflection, I think, too, to kind of what's important to, in kind of everybody's lives and and what you kind of want to do. And yeah, kind of how you're saying, I think a, a lot of people were able to understand like the inner workings of different industries, especially like creative things, because so many industries were put on hold and or kind of i mean fell apart a little bit when uh when covid hit so it it kind of was was illuminating to be able to see 
what works and what doesn't work. And then people inside those industries and a little bit outside kind of pushing for things to be better and a little bit more sensical, sensible and work, work in a more logical and sustainable way for, for people. For sure. For sure. And I think, I think what was cool musically, just as a fan of music, um, like I have a guitar, but I don't tell people I play it because in Nashville, <laughs> that like you guys they're <laughs> pros you know what i mean uh it's just a way for me to noodle and, and release every now and again but um yeah mm-hmm. but i i've i've always told people that for me heavy music is a, is a positive release of of negative emotion mm-hmm. you know yeah sometimes people hear heavy music and they just they think oh this is just angry white dudes or they think it's just like <laughs> screaming and you yeah, they don't understand the intricacies <laughs> of like time signatures or a mm-hmm. really cool drum, drum fill or some, you know, really cool bass lines. Get really mm-hmm. cool guitars, really cool vocalists, and when you hear that all come together, I mean, there's still songs that I listen to this day that that give me goosebumps and make the hair on the back of my neck stand up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's, so I can only imagine what that's like for you guys as performers to do that, and then to see people sing stuff back to you it's got to be like holy crap like to see them connect it's like a spiritual thing and i think in the pandemic it was really cool you know as horrible as it was it was cool to see people with the the advents of you know or the i should say the the advances rather of of modern technology be able to connect remotely and, and do cool collaborations and stuff and do do remote live shows and stuff and i think yeah it was cool yeah. to see the spirit of the music industry alive in that sense, despite how devastating it was to see some venues that closed and never came back or to see yeah. so many get canceled. You know, there was at least a silver lining, I think, from a creative perspective, at least outward looking in anyway. Yeah, not- yeah, I, th- I think that's true, too. I remember kind of telling myself, like, when the pandemic hit of like, all right, this is a big cultural reset for everybody. Like, because mm-hmm. even the big acts had to figure out, like, what are we going to do? Yeah, like it, it yeah. had this this moment where it's like, okay, smaller bands and larger bands are on the same level of what do we do? How do we? Mm-hmm. And then everyone like got got smart and they did these all the live shows you're talking about. Like that was like we we love we we like we phoned in Brandon and like had him. He was. I was gonna there. say we phoned yeah. in to watch the Tesseract one. Like we the had Tesseract like, portals. We all we, had, like, we all watched we had, it on video conference. We had like Brandon on a laptop that. sitting yeah. next to us. Yeah. <laughs> so we that, could watch. Yeah, that was awesome. So we could watch the Tesseract thing together because we mm-hmm. were so excited it was coming out. Yeah, and that was cool because that was like you also kind of saw this progression of like okay, what's going on? Like everything's kind of shut down and people kind of trying to figure out how long it was going to be. And there was this moment where everybody realized it was going to be a lot longer than the initial kind of like maybe a few months kind oh, yeah, of thing yeah, we was. Get a couple months off work. Yeah. Um, and everybody kind of realized it was going to be much bigger than that and much longer than that. So you kind of found there's kind of this progression of figuring it out. Because that Tesseract one is definitely when it was more figured out. They kind of had a bubble and they were able to like, rent a studio and make this really amazing thing but there were a, a, like the earlier ones that were almost like different windows yeah um almost like on like it almost kind of looked like zoom and it would go in between and kind of like live performances but it was it was interesting and and really cool to see kind of the progression of um different industries and different kind of arts and creativity and finding also creative ways to keep working in it and keep doing it um while kind of also being on pause almost 
how do you guys feel like um it altered you creatively because obviously it you know correct me if i'm wrong it sounds like gray weather was almost sort of birthed out of sort of that transitional experience of going from impulse and going okay now we have a chance to kind of reset with everything going on i mm-hmm. mean are 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 you guys different ways in, in, in good ways now kind of permanently as a result of that experience would you say or yeah like what, what ways yeah did it impact you the most is just the way you view yourselves as artists and, and creators i had it like for me like we started writing like white rabbit was technically started back in like 2018. Like we had started writing that song and even like the rest of the song, a lot of the songs we wrote or have, they were demoed and started before the pandemic. And then during the pandemic, we finished everything up. Mm. But for me, like the pandemic was really important. It really opened my eyes to the rest of the world and kind of, was a good ego death for myself. I was very concerned with where I was at, like financially, career-wise, all that stuff, like before this hit. And when the pandemic started, it felt like I was just kind of kicked back down and knocked down to just being nothing. And then over the last three years now, or two and a half, whatever you want to call it, it's just realized that like, all right, I have my own stuff to deal with, but like stuff is so much worse for for way more people. And really changed like my worldview of that. And I opened me to be compassionate with people I've never met and want to see the betterment of those around me. It was like a big turning point for me through this whole pandemic. And it's kind of, I'm very interested to see like this, the first record we wrote, it's real, it's real sad. I feel like the COVID, (laughs) the the post COVID record is going to be angry. (laughs) (laughs) A lot more visceral upsetness and stuff. (laughs) Cause I wrote all those lyrics way before COVID and there's mm-hmm. probably lots of people gonna be like, Oh, they wrote this during COVID. I'm like, no, I didn't. It just, <laughs> it, the stuff about isolation just kind of seemed to line up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think kind of what you said, I think a big thing that came out of it for me, at least kind of personally was, is this kind of greater sense of compassion, I think for, um, I think not only other people, but also, I mean, it's important to have compassion for yourself as well. Uh, I mean, especially as somebody who's very hard on themselves and has, um, doesn't, doesn't give themselves a lot of, um, I guess, kind of grace when it comes to certain things and having like high standards for things. It's, um, it's important to have that and kind of this, this greater awareness of what, life is like outside of yourself on a larger scale and having the whole world go through this moment where everybody is almost in the same exact situation, regardless of like what they do or who you are. Um, I think that was kind of a big part of it for me um, as well. And then the biggest thing, just being kind of able to kind of focus in on what it is that you really want to do in life and kind of that you really should go for it. And a lot of it is hard, quite honestly, life is hard. (laughs) Like it is. I think that's a big thing too, is being able to acknowledge that. And I think that's something that COVID was able to do for people is to kind of take that pause and sit down for a minute and look around and look inward and kind of be like, life is tough. And it is important to um, be safe and comfortable and all these kind of base needs. And then also to fulfill um, yourself in the ways that kind of your heart 
mind and soul want to be nourished and kind of doing what fulfills you um, and trying to make that work as your work and career and kind of molding your life around that because it's important and you only get one and you do have a limited amount of time. So it's important to kind of have those realizations and that mindset. I think that was kind of a really big thing um, for me. I kind of already thought that way a little bit, but it just, it magnified that exponentially. Yeah, it's so true, man. I mean, that the whole quote, life is short when you're young, mm. you know, think you think you have all the time in the world and then the old, yeah. i'm gonna be 35 this year and it's like mm-hmm. i'm not old but it's like man i remember being 20 like it was yeah. yesterday you know yeah um, yeah feel that it's, it's a trip you know what i mean so it's one of those things where it's like uh you know um having the courage to to go after what what you what you do which is part of the reason why i love doing this man because i, yeah. I get a chance to talk to people from all walks of life and seeing people you know, chase their dreams and really put their all into, into their art, whether they're musicians or whether they're business owners, I've have co- colleagues and friends of mine come on the show and it's, you know, the, the human spirit is, um, sadly, sometimes it can be really ugly, but I also think that, you know, it's, it's really beautiful too, you know, because we're, mm-hmm. we're very resilient creatures, you know what I mean? And so when I see people kind of face their fears, it's inspiring for me to keep, keep doing stuff like this because it's like, you know, what, what do you have to lose? Like you were saying, Brandon and, yeah. and Jake. Yeah. Time here is limited. So it's like, if you're not going after what you love, I mean, we all got to eat, we all got to pay bills, yeah. we survive, you know, we all have, mm-hmm. you know, money is part of our existence, but it doesn't mean that you can't use the gifts that, that you were given that you worked on and tap into that creative ether, wherever mm-hmm. idea. And, and use that to not only make yourself happy, but, but help other people too, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think kind of what you said, kind of, I think it's important to, yeah, like it's great if you can make it work for like, if you can do something that you're passionate about for your work and career, that's great. But like you said, like we all got to eat. If you can find a kind of like synergy between the two, like, you know, maybe you're not, you know, directing the next Marvel movie, but maybe you're able to kind of, make something that you're passionate about and release it. Or, you know, maybe you're not selling out Red Rocks, yeah. but like maybe you're able to make music you're passionate about and release it and like play, you know, shows here and there. Kind of, I think that's important too, is kind of expectations and, and everybody has different kind of metrics for what they're um, fulfilled with and what they, what will make them happy, you know, and and maybe only directing the the next marvel project is is something that will will do it for some people but i think there is always kind of a a middle ground between um being fulfilled creatively and and being able to do it in a genuine and serious and meaningful way um but also to kind of be able to balance it with other things like stability on every level cuz i think you're more fulfilled that way too it's it's tough to kind of do the the grind which i think covid kind of also shed a light on like you should be able to do all these things and not have to like grind to do it yeah, yeah. having to live two lives essentially to yeah make it in, the, in, in the time and like space and effort of one yeah it's a, it's a trip man and i think that's so key too is is balance like especially mm-hmm. the older i get man like i used to be able to go on like four or five hours of sleep and cram studying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a zombie. I'm, I'm, yeah. 
not very productive. Like I feel like crap. I get really anxious and like paranoid. Like <laughs> what's going on? You know what I mean? Like sleep and rest and recovery. So they, that word grind, I think, is important too, man. Because it's like, yeah. yeah, you know, we we focus so much of that in the United States. Like I'm on my grind. I never sleep, and it's like we're not yeah. robots. No, like, you can't. You might be able to maintain that for a little bit, but it's you know you're gonna crash and burn at some point if you just go 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 all the time yeah. you know what I mean? yeah absolutely not sustainable for anybody ever <laughs> we, i think we've all clearly we've all tried at some point and yeah it's just you fall on your mm-hmm. face yeah. yeah and i think it's weird also because i think a lot of people and i mean i absolutely thought this way when i was like it, especially in my 20s i think um if i don't accomplish things by 30 i'm gonna die because that's how i well, was in my 20s yeah like that's like too, if i'm not I famous by common. my 30s i'm gonna yeah, die exactly um but also that even if the the number one thing that you love and have a passion for in life and in the world, if that's all you live and breathe and do, and especially that grind mentality and um, in kind of doing it and chasing it, you, like, even your favorite thing, you can get burned out on. Like, I mean, we kind of talked about it, you know, just a few minutes ago, like balance. It, you need to have that because I think having balance actually fuels you more. You have more effort and energy and just mental capacity. And yeah, just even even physically, quite honestly, like you're more energized to pursue that thing that you love. And you're not kind of, you know, dragging your feet or kind of shaking your head of like, oh, like, you know, I have to uh, like I have to do it because I love it. And if I'm not doing it 24 seven then like, why am I doing it? I, I think you have to have that balance or you'll just burn yourself out. For sure. For sure. And sometimes when you step away from something too, you know, um, when you get back into it, that that's kind of just relating to what you guys are talking about. Like, that's kind of how it was for me with this podcast. Like, it's just, mm. I had that creative itch. I had to stir- scratch and I've always been, even though my job is, is data and it's very much like, you know, structured and mm-hmm. they're, this plus this equals this. Like I have this, this other side where it's like, I, I love music and I, I, you know, sheepishly, I'll admit that I've spent way more time air guitaring than I've actually spent playing the guitar. <laughs> That's fair. So have I. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but music and creativity, like drawing was my first love as a kid. And Mine so too. when you have that creative itch, like you got to scratch it, you know, yeah. you still draw Jake. Do you still do uh, a little bit? I have like a iPad where I do some, like some stuff on procreate it. I was never it's kind of the same way with guitar where it's like I have bigger ideas than my hands will ever achieve. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I kind of have gone more to like a, I do a lot more like writing or like some types of painting whenever I want to be mm-hmm. on my more artistic side. Or about like a year ago, I was going through a breakup and was pretty just down on myself. So I started teaching myself piano. And that's kind of that's my new favorite thing is playing the piano. You went deep dive on piano and I theory did. there. Yeah. I yeah. I, I went like, I tried to learn <laughs> theory and I tried to learn piano. Cause I was like, I'm not a good enough musician, uh, <laughs> which, you know, that's like a loaded statement itself. I was just like, you know, I needed a good distraction and it was very illuminating. It's fun learning more about music, but it was also like a lot, like we have lots of friends that are in the industry and I look up to a lot of those people that have made it per se or just like you know they're constantly touring or you know that is their livelihood and i was like all right what are these guys doing what are all these people doing that i'm not just yet or what am i not getting but 
Now yeah. I just, yeah. Now I just play piano all the time. That's good, man. And and I think, I mean, not to, I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't know anything about, you know, making it in the music industry, but I think, um, I don't know. It seems like if you, it seems like if you focus on the stuff that, that, that makes you excited and you get geeked out, not like getting high on your own supply and, and like an no. arrogant mm-hmm. making the stuff that you're like, I, th- I feel this like this. Yeah. I feel like it will connect with somebody. And so I, 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 that, that's something that I think about, you know, even doing this podcast, cause it's kind of the same thing. Like I'll look mm-hmm. at other shows, like, oh, they have these followers or they, what am I not doing? And, mm-hmm. and, and, it's like okay i know there's stuff that i that i could be doing maybe that i should be doing but i can't there's o- there's also always failure in comparison to oh yeah that yeah. fear of failure is so real it's such a thin line between like comparison in like a health like a positive and negative way where like the positive being um you know seeing something or listening to something or kind of like you said kind of like checking out other other podcasts and using that as kind of fuel for your own passion and to kind of better yourself and your art and kind of what you're doing and then like it's such a thin edge to like swap over to the side where you're like oh well man I suck <laughs> like, I'm not I'm not I'm not where I should be and it's 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 a very thin line on either side of it yeah you gotta like um somebody told me one time you would never treat other people the way you treat yourself and that that like you know and you go whoa wow um, yeah that is really true yeah you know if if you wouldn't if you wouldn't say it to somebody else, don't, mm. like you know, don't say it to yourself. You know, like be be mm. kind to yourself, give yourself some grace. Um, but I think if you just if you look at yourself as your your competition and go, you know, I want to be better than I was yesterday or better than I was last year, that's more important than going, oh man, like so and so's they just got this, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, advertising deal for their podcast or this band just got this tour, man. That I would love to be on that tour. Like, like you can look at it and go. Instead of looking at it from like an envious standpoint, you can look at it and go, you know what, man, I'm just going to keep, I'm going to keep, keep doing you have to. Yeah. And I think if you can like visualize it, I, I really believe in the power of that, you know? Um, yeah. 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 With smaller bands, like sometimes it does get kind of in that like competitive mindset where like, yeah. But I, I have, I have so many friends in smaller bands and I just, I love all those people and you have to reach the moment. It's like, you need to see, want to see everyone succeed. The top is very lonely by yourself. Mm, yeah. The top is so lonely by yourself. Bring your friends with you. Yeah. And I think something that I kind of learned in this, in the last year too, is others success doesn't detract from your own. And kind of in that competitive mindset that I think I even, well, I mean, it, it stretches uh, through everything. I mean, yeah. every industry and, and every single thing that exists, I think, but especially in like kind of creativity and art, because it tends to be a little bit more of like a nebulous, the industry itself is a little bit more like disconnected from, you know, like if you're, you know, I mean, healthcare and medicine, much more structured and like, you know, law and things like that. And, um, you know, kind of creative industries and like film and TV and music, especially are a bit more kind of disconnected or, or nebulous or kind of unlinked. And it's, it's a little bit harder to get in and stay in and stay busy with projects and kind of, you know, have a successful work career and, and, you know, also have it be healthy, kind of like we talked about, um, 
but being able to use those moments when somebody else does succeed, uh, especially somebody that's on a similar level as you and you're trying to make your way to it and they make that next step that you're trying to do, being able to look at that and not only kind of celebrate that accomplishment, but also maybe learn from it. Like, oh, they got that. Like, good for them. That's awesome. Like, how did they How did they do that? How did they make that happen? And, and being able to uh, better yourself through it and also celebrate other people. For sure, man. And and that's why it's so exciting to talk to you guys at this time in, in, in this episode. When people hear it, it'll be early February. So it'll be cool because at that point, people nice. have had a few weeks to to chew on your debut single, White Rabbit. Mm-hmm. But um it, it was very powerful and and you know, you guys touched on on the band name for people who are listening who aren't aware. Um from what I read, Jared's former band, um, it was of confidence, I believe. Yes, that was yeah. his old band. Exactly. And, Ray Weather was it? It was the name of an opening track, and it was like a good memory with uh, former bandmate uh, mm-hmm. Molly, who, who uh, tragically passed away in 2016 uh, due yeah. to the struggles that she faced in transitioning. So it's it's got like a heavy meaning, but I think it kind of going back to just you know how heavy music is a positive release of, of negative emotion. I feel like for myself mm-hmm. and so many out there, that's kind of how I took all that, and for you guys to translate all of that into this, this cool debut and, and, and Jake, you know, with your lyrics, you know, um, I listened to the song like three or four times and watched the music video a couple of times just to get a vibe yes. for it. And then I, I listened to it again. Um, cause I didn't want to mess up the end of the song, uh, when I <laughs> those last verses and, um, and then it, it even hit home even more reading about kind of the meaning behind white rabbit. So I know there's a lot in what I just said there. There's a lot to unpack, and I don't want to keep you guys here forever, but just talk to me about how exciting this is for you guys at this time to release a single. You've got your forthcoming EP, The Soma Collective, to to finally get to a place where you're unearthing this to the world. Because yeah. already yeah. Just overnight, I think the video is is already closing in on, on 500 views. Yeah, so. no, it's exciting. Uh, thank you for, for, just like, for kind words about the song. It's, yeah, thank you. It's been really, for me, it's been really cathartic uh, with a lot of our music and like the lyrics I write, especially if I'm some, it's like every song I kind of try to be, you know, focus on something a little different. But when I write the songs that are more about where my mental health's at and like the things I've been dealing with, it's almost like a therapy session. Like when I go in to track that stuff Mm -hmm. and it, there's like a huge weight lifted off my shoulders when I'm done tracking vocals. It's almost kind of like I let it all out. Like I let out all the anger and pain that was in there. And then there's kind of that window before it comes out where like, you're just kind of like, all right, well, I thought I got through these emotions. And like, I've always, as a kid, I used to be really scared of the idea of what if I got over my depression? Will I be able to still write good music? And the answer to the first question is, good good luck getting over depression <laughs> like just one yeah. day you're like hey, I'm, thir- I'm 33 and it's gone yeah. like it just doesn't exist anymore i figured yeah. out life uh so that was uh and for me uh, a big part of why i've always wanted to be in music is even as a kid like you kind of it's like music really got gets a lot of people through their struggles and mm-hmm. i've always kind of felt like i have wanted to con- give back to the very community that got me through so much and not even not in a less than the selfish way but more of like i I, this is my opportunity like i want to put out these songs let people know that 
I go through this and like, we all deal with this stuff and we're here for it because metal music does have that visceralness that just lets you be honest. And it's kind of how a lot of people look at anger and rage as a bad emotion. It's like, no, it can be a bad emotion, but it's also human to be angry and human to be sad. And you need those outlets. There's Mm -hmm. beautiful paintings that exist that were created out of rage, that were created out of lust, that were created out of a complex set of emotions. And Mm -hmm. it's like I said, it's like the next record that's more focused on the stuff that happened like while we were in COVID, that's going to be an angry record. A lot of things happened the last couple of years that have upset Mm -hmm. me that have happened in the world. (laughs) I'm like, all right, well, we're going to talk about this. Mm -hmm. And then in that, I'm like, oh, well, my mental health still has issues. So we're still going to be talking about that. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I and also, I think kind of going into it um, and just kind of through the process and at least for myself, not really having any expectations and just kind of at a point just being kind of honestly just kind of happy releasing it. And even if it only reaches a small number of people, like I'm super stoked on that no matter what. And um, I, I, it was a little while ago now. Um, but Jay Postones, who's the drummer for Tesseract, I, uh, follow him and he's kind of recently been posting a lot of kind of inspirational stuff and, and kind of in his struggles as like a creative and artist and kind of just, um, kind of documenting that. And he said something that I never really thought of that I think is really important, um, which is your creative um, medium or your pursuits, like what the thing that you do, um, it should be, if not your favorite, it should be one of your favorites. Like if you write your writing should be like what you're writing and what you do, like it, it should be one of your, one of your favorite things and not, not in an egotistical or kind of arrogant way, but in a way that you enjoy it. Like you have fun doing it and what you're working on is what you like. And like your own band should be one of your favorite bands, if not your own. And I, it seems like a really simple thing and almost kind of self-apparent, but I mean, some, sometimes things that are right in front of your face are not things you're kind of looking around the edges of it. You don't really see it. Um, so I thought that was kind of also something that, that hit me, um, on a, on a larger scale, but then also on like the smaller scale of immediately this, this album and this release. Um, I mean, this, this is definitely my favorite music and I think the best quality music that I've ever been a part of and yeah just be just being happy to you know if if nobody ever heard anything we did I mean I honestly would actually be kind of okay with that but even just getting it out to to whoever whoever receives it and and wants to check it out is is kind of fulfilling enough um kind of in that mindset I think yeah we've gotten so much positive response so far and it's really rad because we uh we were like discussing we decided to put out white rabbit like two months ago like it, mm. we we had these songs and we've been sitting on them we we're kind of trying to figure out like what we want to do and we kind of reached this point where we're like all right we just need to put something out we need to mm. let people know that we exist because the longer we take to do this the harder it's going to be to crack through that ceiling mm-hmm. uh, and yeah like brandon said I love this stuff. I can't wait to write, to put out the rest of these songs. I can't wait to write new songs. Mm-hmm. 
but I'm also so unbelievably proud of what we've made. And I think back to what Brandon was saying, uh, there's a movie called The Rocker that was where like, <laughs> Ray Wilson from The Office plays drums. And there's it's similar to what Jay Solt said with you, Brandon. There's a part mm-hmm. where he like, if you can't rock out to your own song, what's the point? Yeah. And I I love our songs. Every time I listen to them, I'm like, oh, I like White Rabbit. I get into it every time. Like that breakdown hits and I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> Sounds like Body yeah. Count and like four other heavy bands at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah, I loved it, man. Like, it, and the melodies in it are are really awesome too. And I and I love how at the end you you kind of you kind of bring it back. And like I said, correct me if I'm wrong in the lyrics, but it's uh, break me. I wish I was strong enough to save me. Yeah, um, playing the victim, you won't run. Yeah, that's right. And that was kind of uh, like I said, like when we we're like in kind of the description, I was going through a lot of stuff uh with like family issues financial issues relationship issues i was trying different like i was on uh antidepressants i was on all these kind of compounding things that pushed me into a corner and i just blamed everybody else for what i wasn't tackling and it's kind of this idea of the song is like i needed the the rest of the guys in the band to like break me down and tell me like you need help you or we're here to help you but like you need to accept this you can't just keep running away from the issues and it's kind of funny it's like almost like a uh contradiction lyrically how it's like playing the victim you won't run where you can kind of take the run as do you want to change or are you going to run from the problem or are you going to run straight at it to take it on because there's only two options. It's the fight or flight mm-hmm. kind of mentality. And I mean, we finished writing that and I was still dealing with a lot of that. And I was just struggling as a person and white rabbit was just like, I remember Jared sending us the demo and I was, he, I heard the lyrics instantly. Like I, I was sitting in someone's car, just having a bad day, like just crying. And I, Jared's like, I got this new demo and I started crying again because I was like, (laughs) oh no, I know what I'm going to do with this. Like, I know the words already. Mm -hmm. Isn't it crazy though, how sometimes it like stuff, stuff just pours out of you like that, man. And it's like, and I, and one of the things that I read in in the release, when you guys were talking about the song, Jake, that you said, you know, trying to hide your struggles from those closest to you will only cause more suffering. Yeah. You know what it's, Mm -hmm. it's something. Um, has struggled with anxiety most of my life, man. Um, that's very true. It's like your comfort zone, the, the older I've gotten, and I, I can only speak for myself, but it's like our comfort zone is really like a, it's a limit zone. It's a mm-hmm. familiar zone. And I think there's something about human nature where we're resilient, but we're also, we're, we're good at going to what's familiar, even if it's bad for us. And I know mm-hmm. that like, isolate, like I very much enjoy my alone time. And I think everybody needs to love themselves enough that they can be alone yeah um, absolutely it's also like i know that being in my cave um at the end of 2021 and even for a lot of parts through last year i too went through a breakup that was really difficult um had several people around me die uh more mm-hmm. than at any you know singular period in my life in terms of like a one calendar year and it was just it's just really weird and you get to you get to a point where um you know, you kind of just become, 
I think it's that that Three Days Grace song that was in the first Bond movie, like I'd rather feel pain than nothing at all. And you mm-hmm. do kind of, such a beautiful line, whether people yeah. are, you know, whether that's a band you 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 got you know you guys like or people listen to the like or not. I mean, yeah. I, I, that line is really powerful to me because it's yeah. very it's like I just um, you know, you when you start to not feel anything and you get you get really numb. Um, and then you put yourself back outside of your comfort zone after being in isolation so long, things seem way worse than they are just because you locked yourself off. And I think that really hit me, Jake, when I read that just about like, you know, you're, you're just going to cause yourself more suffering if you if you kind of run from stuff or you hide your struggles from other people, because at the end of the day, the people closest to you want what's best for you. So even if mm-hmm. it's advice you don't want to hear or if it's things that you won't don't want to do, you got to kind of be able to extract yourself from from that pain. And so that's that's why therapy has been really helpful for me. When you kind of just listen, you get to talk to somebody who's a, a professional third party, and they kind of get you out of your own head, you know. And that's that's one of the crazy things about isolation. You're just in your own you're in your own mind too much. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you can be too introspective, you know, <laughs> in life, and it's like okay, I'm I'm. I'm looking at myself too much. I got to just get out of this. So that, that really hit home with me, man. And I felt like the music video was really powerful too. Like the scenes in the bathtub and stuff, like literally drowning within like your own pain. I mean, at least that's how I I read it. And I just thought that was like a really, um, a really powerful video for the song. I'm so, I'm still Still a little traumatized by bathtubs. I will say that. (laughs) I was, I was just thinking about being about drowning me and how much fun all of you had. (laughs) Ricky really let out his, (laughs) his his annoyance with me that day. (laughs) And correct me if I'm wrong, but were the other members of the band, like Brandon, like you guys and and Jared had like blindfolds on. Yeah. like a hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil thing. Well, it was kind of, yeah, it's Mm -hmm. a lot of people have reached out to me because they think that I came up with the concept for the video, but it's actually Jared's idea, like a hundred percent Jared's idea. And he pitched it to all of us Mm -hmm. and we just were like, oh, that's cool. And we just kind of ran with it. And it was the idea behind it was that the rest, I was isolating myself so much from everyone that the rest of the band was blind to it. It was Mm -hmm. keeping them all in the dark about Mm -hmm. what what I was going through because I didn't want to unload my issues onto them because like we are all going through things and that's kind of I've always it's the selfish thing I deal with where it's like they have their own problems I don't I don't want to I don't want to burden them with my own I don't I would rather take other people's problems on myself than deal with my own it's a very self-destructive thing that like you know I constantly work on yeah and that's also something that like it's it's so interesting too because it is i mean that's a mentality that i used to have much more and i think it's something that i not think i know it's something i still kind of struggle with and fight against is because in a way it's weirdly selfless but it's also selfish Yeah, it's bad for you yeah because it does it does affect the people around you even though it's coming from a good place, like, um, and kind of also learning that you can do uh, intentionally or unintentionally, I think mostly unintentionally, you can have the best intentions and have things go wrong or um, do something that affects those around you and those that you care about negatively um, when what you were initially trying to do was the opposite of that. Um, trying to insulate others from kind of your issues or your problems or what you're struggling with. 
which is exactly the same thing that I have. I think I've always kind of been that way, which is, well, I don't want to burden. Everybody has their issues and problems and things they're going through. And, um, you know, I don't want to burden other individuals and people, even when they're my best friends or family or people that are closest to me. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's, I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to. Um, I mean, exactly the same way but like kind of you know what the song is about and kind of the meaning behind the blindfolds being um yeah it it kind of it kind of um negatively affects those around you and everybody always has the same reaction when you know you kind of tell someone that's close to you what you've been going through and struggling with and how long it's been you know it's been like a couple months you've been struggling with something and it's always 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 it's like why didn't you why don't you tell me sooner? You know, like, you know that, and you know, those people are always there for you. They're in their corner. They love you. Um, and your love for them is, I think what comes from that thinking of, I don't want to burden you with this, but it's, you know, it's, that's why those people are there is to share the burden with you and to help you. That's why those people are your best friends, your loved ones. Um, so, I mean, for me, that's, that's kind of, where the song and and just kind of that that sentiment and that thought kind of kind of uh really it hits me hard because it's it's really important and it's 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 big it's it's a big deal yeah yeah i mean and you know and, and not to get like you know too too heavy but i mean mm-hmm. i was even about you know just reading about you know molly's impact on the band and then i i listened to to one of her songs on soundcloud which was a beautiful mm-hmm. well, piano uh, piano sort of like electronic it was so emotional and i I think there was Mm -hmm. a picture of her when she was a kid and like i don't know all you know what happened i think i can kind of um you know i i guess i you know maybe speculate's not the right word but just from reading about what happened you know and and how tragic it was it obviously was something that you know um it, it wasn't i'm what's the word i'm looking for because i want to be respectful but the, it was the profound way- it was a yeah. profound like moment because i it was kind of like that was right around when i met jared that like all of that stuff kind of took place and it was it was very difficult for him and i remember like we were we were shooting our second music video um and jared had constantly like even when him and i were building this band he was like i want to dedicate a song to molly and i was like i am absolutely like 110 percent for this like you're i was like you're gonna write the lyrics too like i'm not gonna write it i never yeah. met them i don't i don't like, i'll help write the melodies i don't want to be the one that yeah. writes the lyrics for the song because it's your song for them and then it it slowly turned into like no we're just gonna name an album it and then it turned into like no we're gonna continue like the kind of almost idealistic memory of like uh when you remember someone that's no longer with us, you don't really want to focus on the negative aspects of stuff. And you want to remember like the beautiful things because you know that that's how they would love to be remembered, not by their faults or flaws because we're human beings and we're all faults and flaws. Some of us do more awful things than others, but you want to remember someone in the good lights, just like look at the doc documentaries or like biopics and how mm-hmm. it's, you want to you want this person to be remembered for why they were so special to people yeah not their not their flaws and kind of their their shortcomings because everyone yeah. has those and 
yeah it's it's especially kind of in the those situations it's it's meant to be it's meant to be encouraging kind of to build you up not to you know see other others flaws and then see them in yourself too um which that can be important as well to to kind of better yourself and and kind of try to work on those things but yeah in in kind of remembrance it's it's that's that's what's important yeah and i and i appreciate that and and you know sometimes i ramble too much and i was trying yeah. to find the right words because just, no, just good. yeah no, not at all it sounded like her death was was tragic and untimely you know yes. um, mm-hmm. and 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 that's the thing that um you know like what you guys are talking about just struggles and and talking to people and um that's why i think it is important to talk about stuff because it's just you know um i think sometimes we we don't realize how much how much we're loved or or sometimes what we're going through nobody only you know what's going what you're going through at the end Mm -hmm. of the day Um, it breaks my heart that sometimes things get so dark for people that um things come to an end you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah and that's a part of like why we're here is like i i struggled with a lot of that for a while i am fortunate that the weight of upsetting people outweighs the rest of it of being like i'm gonna ruin a lot more people's day if, than like me being like i don't want to deal with this anymore and that's mm-hmm. just like candidly speaking it um I wouldn't want to put any of these guys through like, yeah, my pain sucks and I go through things, but it's going to be a lot worse if I'm not around anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what, like, like I said, it's like, I want to give back to the same community that got me to where I am today. And anyone that hears our songs, it's like, come, come talk to us, come meet us. Like, I love connecting with people and mm-hmm. like we all kind of have shared pain. Like your experiences might be unique to you, but someone's gone through something like what you've gone through or we've had the same feelings you're still your own unique person and like something you've experienced maybe no one has believe me the more you get to know me i have a pretty like maybe five people i've ever met have had similar life experiences to what i've had but there's still those people that are like oh my gosh like you've dealt with this i've dealt with this like do you want to joke about it do you want to talk <laughs> about like mm-hmm. i love to just like I laugh about stuff. It's, it's what it is. Like it's not much we can do about it. It is what well, it is. I think. I think what you guys did. Um, and again, thanks for touching on that because obviously I want to be respectful of yeah, of, of her life, and her story. And um, again, I don't ever want to come off as uh, no yeah. exploitative or cold. Mm-hmm. And, and I and I think that the what the way you guys just the name of the band. Um, um, and, and this song and, and what it means to you, Jake, and just, um, like you said, just, to as a band to be able to, to carry on her memory in a positive way and remember who she was, I think is a really beautiful thing, even though she's not here anymore. I think that's one of the beautiful things about music is the work that you guys do is, is timeless. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a thousand, you know, mm-hmm. somebody to white rabbit and that's really cool because a lot of people go to work every day and it might exist in a spreadsheet somewhere on a hard drive for a little <laughs> bit, but you know, music is this timeless, beautiful thing. Um, and I think it's really cool that, um, as a band, um, and I, I know Jared isn't, isn't here because he's sick and Jared, when you listen, I hope <laughs> you better, man. but, um, I think it's really cool that, um, you know, you guys are carrying on her memory in a positive way, man. No, it's yeah, thank you. Definitely. And I think there's something about, there's something about music. I think that's like slightly different than other 
kind of creative mediums and things like that, that kind of that affect us as human beings in not necessarily a more like a deeper or more profound way, but it's, there's something about music that is different um, in, in kind of like a really, really special and kind of also emotional way um, that kind of fits exactly with, with what you were saying. And just kind of a thought that crossed my mind was, I mean, I was trying to remember when we, we're talking about when we all agreed on impulse. And I think the reason we had agreed on that was we all, it kind of fit like the vibe and what we it just kind of fit and worked. The band was started on impulse. Like, yeah. So literally. I mean, yeah. So I think, you know, having it be, I mean, just that has meaning behind it. And then also what the meaning is. And I think how important that is and that, um, it's almost representative of you know every song we put out every album everything we do like that is kind of the banner that we do it under um is really nice and and really special and i know uh i know it means especially a lot to to jared which is i mean which i mean is is meaningful to us that it can that it can it can yeah. make those that didn't know her feel that uh, that way that didn't know Molly, um, but then especially especially for Jared. So I think I think that's really really important. Well, dudes, before we wrap it up, because I've kept you more than an hour, and I, I really mm-hmm. appreciate your time. I want to let you get back to enjoying the rest of your Saturday. But um, this has been a lot of fun. I guess just a couple of things before we wrap it up, um, just to just to kind of I guess put a put a good button on. Um, us talking about, you know, mental health and everything and obviously how that's so tied into the band. You guys, you know, outside looking in, this is the first time we talk, but you guys both seem like you're in pretty good head spaces right now. So is there anything you want to share with the listeners just with the theme of the show being perseverance and moving forward? Like you said, Jake and, and Brandon, everybody goes through different experiences and they're, you know, every human is unique, but are there things that have worked for you guys on, you know, your journeys with with mental health struggles and, and where you are now that you feel like are beneficial to to pass on to other people that you feel like might might help somebody out there who's struggling listen to this yeah there's there's two i can think of kind of off the top of my head and the first is like i don't want to give kind of that tried and true it gets better because that is not always the case but it is about like finding even just that one friend, if you, I know that's hard for some people, but luckily uh, something that over COVID like discord and all these other types of chat rooms and stuff. And like finding, finding those friends, finding something to help put that into Uh, there's hobbies are the best thing ever. And like, Mm. don't worry about do what makes you happy. I, I had to start playing piano and I did not realize how much, how therapeutic that would be for me. Uh, I, I also collect, like I collect manga and I love reading that. And they're like, I started doing that last year and it has changed my look on life of, I have this new thing that's part of me and I get to do, uh, and it's how I express myself and that outside of music, because especially if you play music, you can't let music be your whole identity it's mm-hmm. you, it, you burn yourself out. Uh, so finding those other things that help kind of define yourself because mental health is scary. It's very scary. It, it just is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I deal with all sorts of 
not, I mean, I should say all sorts of issues, but I deal with it every day. It's a constant struggle, but I have persevered as this kind of talks about and like found that good group of people to be able to relate to. And I know that's easier said than done, but even just finding that one person to talk to or that outlet of hobby, art, creating, whatever you can, those are so important and they're so fulfilling, whether you believe it or not. And the other thing I will say that I heard once is if you're having fun, it's not a waste of time. It's the other way <laughs> to look at hobbies. Like if you mm-hmm. want to spend four hours playing a video game and you had a great time, you did not waste your time, no matter what anyone says to you, because you had fun, you experienced joy. That's what matters. Mm. Yeah, that's, I, I think that's important too. And something that um, definitely personally applies to me actually, because I think, you know, as someone who kind of does tend to be harder on themselves. Um, he's the most yeah, talented member of, of the band. He's the most talented member of the band and he's so hard on that's himself. That's not true. That's not true. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, it is, it is that kind of giving, like we kind of mentioned earlier, giving yourself grace, but I think that's important too, for, for not only myself, but a, a lot of people that do have, um, that are either hard on themselves or even people that aren't, but that kind of crosses your mind where, oh, like I could, I could have been working on this. I could have been doing this. I could have been doing this, but I was doing this. Well, did you enjoy that? Did you have fun doing that? Did it fulfill you? Then you need to let go of that. And I think part of that kind of plays into that kind of grind mentality. Um, But that's great, Jake. I think that's really important. Um, I would also say, I think it's hard to be vulnerable, um, but I really think that's, that's one of the biggest things that I've learned and am still learning and working on. And um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it is a, it's a day-to-day thing too. Um, kind of being kind to yourself and mental health. It's not, it's not something that, you know, there's no cure-all that it doesn't, it doesn't go away. It's something that's always there. Um, and I think trying to frame it in a positive light, um, because just like when you're meeting other people um, and getting to know them, and and especially when you really click with people, and that's kind of an exciting thing. I think being vulnerable with yourself and with others, um, and just being genuine and and honest goes such a long way. And I think it's deceivingly hard to do because it's very easy. It sounds very straightforward. And I think a lot, it kind of hits a lot of people as, oh, that's easy. Like, of course, I'd tell my, you know, friends and family if something was wrong and, you know, being gen- like relatively happy with who you are as a person, even though everybody has their own issues. But um, I think it looks it looks much easier on the surface than being actually vulnerable and communicative and open um being open with yourself and and with others and yeah being being kind to yourself i think are are really really big ones well thanks for sharing that dude yeah it's it's true it's true um thank you and that's, that's something that i oh you're welcome and that's that's definitely something that i i'm learning you know especially after coming out of uh like heartbreak and just you know mm-hmm. death and stuff it's like being vulnerable is kind of terrifying and yeah. uh you know but then you learn like people people want to get to know you and that's that's a good thing you know um mm-hmm. 
Well, on a lighter note to, to finish it up, dudes, again, I'm, I'm really excited about white rabbit. I'm really excited about great weather and where you guys are headed. Uh, I can't wait to hear the whole, the whole record, uh, the Soma collective. I don't want to try to like, you know, get you guys to, you know, let the cat out the bag. If the release is, is TBD, um, other than to just tell people to be on the lookout for it, yeah. but Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say it currently is TBD, but we should hopefully be putting out a second song not sooner too, rather than later. Sooner than later, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, by the time this podcast you said comes out in February, early February when people are hearing it. Yep, somewhere cool. hopefully around February we'll have a second song out. We're just kind of yeah. testing the waters. We're seeing how people respond. Uh, it'll both that Soma Collective will be out before this year ends. Yeah, definitely. And it sounds that sounds like too far away, but it. We're, we want to get it out. We want to get it out. We want to start playing more. We want to mm-hmm. get on the road. And yeah. Start but I think that, time. I think that at the very least that next, the next song is, is, is not far off. No. Well, and I also, um, one thing I want, I like to ask people and thanks again so much dude for your time. I, I know I'm. Thank you. Yeah. No, no, we're having a blast. Thank you. Yeah, no, this is, this has been great. We're, I'm not, we're not worried about it. <laughs> Sad. I don't got anything going on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I read, correct me if I'm wrong, but so, some of the influence comes from like sci-fi or future analog mm. films. Mm-hmm. So anything, anything either musically or film art wise that you guys are geeking out on right now that you want to give, give some, some free publicity here on this one, even though it's not gray weather Ooh. that you, that you just want to share with people that, that stuff that you've been really enjoying lately. I would say like a, a, a quintessential part of our band would be the movie Arrival. Yeah. Um, it's like a, a movie from 2016. It's about uh, if aliens came here and instead of trying to blow them up, we try to learn their language. Uh, and it, we we literally submitted that movie's like flyer to the guy that was making our logo. So like that's, that's how <laughs> important it is. We're like, <laughs> it's got to be like this. Uh, <laughs> That's and dope. other than yeah, I would say uh, I just finished watching a great series called Severance. Um, it's on Apple TV. It's probably my favorite thing I've watched in television in a long time. Brandon's heard me not stop bugging about him since he started <laughs> it two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be the things I would hype. What about you, Brandon? What are you What are you yeah. on right now? And it's funny too because the the video that's also um, in the White Rabbit music video, the kind of. Oh, all the all the things it, on the wall the, that all the all yeah. the paint on the wall was because our, of arrival. Like, yeah, it was kind of like for for our own kind of like benefit, not necessarily benefit, but kind of just like oh, that would like kind of make it look, like look cool. The yeah. language that would look neat. So that's kind of where that came from too. But um, yeah, arrival. I mean, there's there's so many different ones. I'd say like another big common one for us is Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Tron Legacy, underrated, so good. Um, and kind of what it what it means to be human and then especially that kind of concept of of love and family is at the heart of that and i think that's a, a big thing for us as well um i don't know i think the one something that i i watched lately is also a show called fleischman is in trouble uh which is a drama uh it takes on it's on hulu um and it's like a limited series uh it's really good really interesting it has to do with kind of a um ex-husband ex-wife and kind of his group of friends and the aftermath of essentially what the his ex-wife has kind of a a mental breakdown and it actually deals with mental health so it's actually also kind of very much what we've been talking about and and deals with a lot of of the kind of mental health issues um 
in really kind of fresh ways that I haven't really seen or experienced in um, like creative media or anything like that. So that's a that's a really that's a really good one that I think actually deals with a lot of the things that we've been uh, talking about today. Sweet, thanks for sharing, man. Yeah, yeah. Or I got to go back and watch Arrival because I I do like sci-fi stuff. Um, mm -hmm. It's a, such a good movie. That's I a good one. Um, the Dune reboot. Oh um, God! Oh, oh don't man. get us started. <laughs> don't get us started on Dune. <laughs> it'll, be here, it'll be here for another hour. Dude, I, I, uh, that's I actually. He's like, I've watched this like six times and I always, I find something else out every time I watch it, but it was, it was interesting. Uh, yeah. A little fun Easter egg. Uh, the director of Arrival is the same director as Dune. So. Yeah. And play from 2049. Yeah. So yeah. that's it. They tie in. We, we yeah, love they all uh, tie in. Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. Favorite man. I have, I have, I've played. <laughs> Blade Runner, as we used to say when when we were kids in the Midwest, I have Blade Runner twenty forty nine for keeps. I've I've actually bought that. <laughs> I still am yeah. always like, amazed whenever I go to Barnes and Noble. I'm like, wow, they have that DVD for five dollars, and then I realize, oh, like DVDs are kind of obsolete now. But I, <laughs> yeah, think, that, I know I think Blade Runner twenty forty nine one is. Um, I think that one might actually be Blu ray, but yeah. I, I'll come back and listen to um, the uh, the the score. The score? For yeah. Blade yes. Runner. Dude, that is so dope! Like oh, it's very, um, it's very eighties and futuristic at the same time. Yeah, right? that that would be such a trip. Um, my stepdad's a big sci-fi guy. Shout out, Jack! I love you, and I think he he kind of put me onto some of that stuff because he was into you know he was like around our age in the eighties. You know when mm -hmm. Aliens was yeah out. yeah. But man, that original Blade or uh, uh, that original Blade Runner soundtrack is uh, is great. The movie score and everything—it's just so spacey and really takes you somewhere. And then, uh, are you guys familiar with the band Loathe? Oh, oh my Loathe. God! Yeah, we love <laughs> yeah. Instrumental record too, and it kind of gave me like some it Blade has vibes. like Blade Runner vibes. That's yeah. exactly what I thought. We were Loathe, I shooting something that's yet to come out that will come out, um, and. Oh, yeah, we just used he, the low, we Jared, just had that as the background. We had it on in the background and I hadn't heard it yet. And Jared put it on. And I was sitting there and I kind of I don't remember which song it was, but it sounded like it was from the Blade Runner 2049 soundtrack. And I was like, but I didn't really I hadn't heard it. And I've listened to that soundtrack so many times. So I wouldn't know if it was from it. So I'm like, what is this? And Jared told me it was that. And I became obsessed with that and listened to yeah. nothing but that for like a month. Yeah, Lo Loath was like a huge like I remember when someone showed me loathe and like this is your new favorite band and i was like yeah oh you're right <laughs> yeah dude th yeah they're they're really good um and they, they i think spotify got me on sometimes algorithms are good are, are a good thing mm -hmm. yeah sometimes yeah. they they throw you the right song and you're like whoa never heard this before I've, i found a, a good amount of stuff off of spotify from the like artists you'd also like kind of thing I've definitely kind of gone down the rabbit hole on Spotify and found some cool stuff I wouldn't have found otherwise. Yeah, because I love. Um, I mean, Deftones is one of one of my favorite bands. Yeah, um, that's a that's a unifying force for our band us, as well. Yeah. That's that's like one of our top five bands. I think each member. Yeah, dude. In the pandemic, when the new record came out, and I heard Genesis, Oof. like, oh, yeah. and that also has that like synthy, really kind of <laughs> like vibey intro with the slow guitar, the doom doom doom. Yeah. And then it just hits him with that doom, 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 doom. I was like, oh, and I got a chance to see them. They rescheduled their show Ooh. in Nashville oh, um, cool. with Gojira. Nice. Oh, oh nice. another sick band. Yeah. That, um, well, I mean, I'm sure too, with like 
you know, Brandon, you as a drummer, like Mario, mm-hmm. the kid, is- <laughs> he's out of control. <laughs> so for that show, it was at, um, I think it's municipal uh, arena, mm-hmm. uh, not Bridgestone, but um, there's another arena that's been around for a while. Nashville It's kind of like this big bowl. And so I, um, I'm too old to be in the pit, you guys, but I, uh, <laughs> I was like dead center from the stage. Cause I got my tickets early and I was in, and I was in the bleachers. So, and there was, I, I think I was like one of the first couple of rows in front of me by the steps. I, I always like to get seats by the steps, you know what I mean? Cause even though mm-hmm. people are, I have a little bit more leg room or whatever, yeah. but that show literally was like when Gojira played, they played first and the Deftones came on like it like reverberated through my entire body, just like mm-hmm. that kind of like rhythmic, like Gojira there. I, if I had to like describe, I know they probably get put in like death metal and God only knows we don't need like another subgenre of, of metal. <laughs> and, but they're, yeah. they're almost like earth metal to me. Like the sounds they make. Yeah, are like that, I totally know what you mean. That's eclectic yeah. kind of vibe where like yeah. it feels like uh, almost primal too yeah there's like, it almost like, sounds like like something core, that has to do like, like ancient like band. something ancient there yeah especially that song i felt that way especially i think it's off their latest record that amazonia song especially a lot of the yeah. kind of like yeah there's there's some kind of there's something in it that's um like Gregorian ethereal or, or kind of yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would that was uh, an amazing an amazing show, and I'm really excited because I'm getting ready to see um, Alter Bridge and, and Mammoth at the Ryman, which is a like oh, a nice. Sick. I love cool. Mammoth. I, yeah. I, I love Mammoth. It's so yeah. good. That's Ryman that band and- I was showing you, uh, mm-hmm. Van Halen Son. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. That's that's sick. Yeah. Yeah, it's and and the Ryman is like uh, they call it the Mother Church here. Um, it's got like the stained. I think it may have been a church back in the day, but it's, it's like it's a national venue. It probably was a church at some point. <laughs> it's like pews, and even like it's weird to say, but like the smell in there, it's just like wow, this is like. But but like the the stained glass windows and stuff. Um, there's obviously a lot of country music shows in there, but it's only like twenty three hundred seats, so the sound mm. is great, and it's just yeah. like this venue. Uh, my first show there was was Mastodon and Russian nice. Um and um oh gosh, was it um not what was the other uh project? Not them crooked vultures, but um uh was it shoot. I gotta I I gotta think of it now, but Mastodon was the headliner. Um was it Eagles of Death Metal, maybe? Mm, okay, maybe, yeah. It was like Mastodon, them, and Russian Circles, and and that show, dudes, was was awesome. I'm gonna manifest that Grayweather plays there one day because it's just such a dope. <laughs> There's we so many to... cool venues in Nashville, but uh, the we rhyme everywhere. The rhyme is a good one. Yeah, so hell cool. yeah. And then I'll get you guys out of here on this. Um, and 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 maybe maybe it's hard to think of right off the dome, but I'll just ask you, um, what are maybe like three songs for you guys that the way they make you feel when you listen to them now is like the first time you heard them and you would put them in a time capsule. Like if somebody was like, mm. what did Jake really love? Or what did Brandon really love? What, what, what would those songs be where they just like make you emote? Uh, for me, one of them would be uh wood from, from Alice in Chains. That's an all timer for me. Ooh, that's a okay. great song. Yeah. That's like, I love Alice in Chains. That's an example of like a song. Like every time I hear it, it's like the first time it's like, it's just a beautiful thing, but uh the first one i can think of is uh you've seen the butcher by deftones mm, that's yeah. like that song just hits me 
I I was the I didn't get into Deftones until I met Jared. I was so incredibly late to that game, and he put on Diamond Eyes. I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say, yeah, you've seen the Butcher by Deftones. Um, I want to say, um, let me look up what the title is real quick. I I know the song, but I'm I know the artist. Okay. Oh, tell me how from Paramore. That's mm. uh, I Par- Paramore and Deftoners are my two favorite bands. I'm blanking. What what record is that on? That's After Laughter. It's the last. Oh yeah. Okay. On that okay. One. And then another song I can think of off the top of my head that it just makes me excited about music is Dystopia from Tesseract. Oh yeah. Like it's it's just <laughs> one of the most oh, fun songs ever it's written. So good. Yeah, it's the 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 guitar tone is just it's aggressive. It's another one of those songs where I re- I remember like where I was standing when I heard it. I was like mm. walking uh, here in Portland. I mean, many places have like for public transit, we have like a train system that goes everywhere, and it's called the Max. And I was walking to the Max, and it was like right around when I had met Brandon and all them, and he was telling me I didn't know who Tesseract was, mm. and he was telling me to listen to Tesseract. I remember going like. This is like if Coldplay knew how to write metal. This is awesome. Yeah, and, and I'd I never just, heard anybody say that. And I was like, wow, that's a good, that's a good way to describe Tesseract. Which is like funny because my girlfriend, when I first showed her Tesseract, she kind of said the same thing too, like a very similar thing. And I was like, oh, there's there's something to that. This atmosphere. But yeah, I would, yeah uh, you've seen The Butcher, Tell Me How, and Dystopia. Those are my three songs you could put in a capsule and would just make my day. Yeah, Sweet. I'd say... I'd say um, definitely one that immediately came up after, like right when you asked the question was um, Nocturne by Tesseract because I wasn't really into progressive metal yet. Uh, That was also the first Tesseract song I heard and it like just blew my mind to bits and especially the way it starts and it's like a polyrhythm and it's also super heavy and really technical um, and then the rest of the song is insane as well. And I do remember sitting there, like pulling that song up and not just kind of like looking for new music at that time and just being floored. And I just deep dived into them. I must have listened to that song so many times, but that's definitely um, a big one. And I'd also say kind of speaks to me as a musician as well. Um, and just kind of opening new doors of of kind of just progressing as a musician as well um so that one's big and then um kind of in the same way because it was around the same time as probably um language one intuition by the contortionist um it has this really like really pretty it's it has like moments of like aggressive passages um but there's not really any harsh vocals it's all really kind of like ethereal and kind of dreamlike um but also really technical and it just has i don't there's something about that song like when i listen to that song it i i don't know i kind of go somewhere else um and yeah that's 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 a big one it still does that it still does that for me and kind of always will um and then kind of in a similar fashion um did weirdly enough because i don't know my kind of an interesting choice when it comes to this but um digital bath 
by Deftones, which is off of White Pony, which is another like, because I remember the drum, yeah, the drums hooked me immediately. And then of course, Chino's vocals are just Chino's vocals. And um, yeah, just like really, really kind of like haunting. And again, there's something like hard to put into words that kind of hits me when, when I listen to that song, especially the the chorus, um, Chino's vocals specifically. Um, Yeah, I'd say those are kind of the, the three that kind of immediately came to mind. Yeah, I appreciate you guys sharing that, man. And it's it's cool that we all have like that Deftones uh link. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely. I, I, I was like, whoa, you know. We but, have mm-hmm. there's there's a couple songs on this release that have much every song is gonna have its own vibe. They're all pretty mm-hmm. unique. There's definitely some Deftones vibes that people are gonna hear. Yeah. There's a few I can think of. I'm like, yeah, we're gonna get called Deftones for this one. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot hey. of different shades of things when I when I kind of hear our stuff, but yeah. Hey, if there's a band to emulate, man, um, their their progression from from the beginning <laughs> to where they are now is so cool, and yeah. I just I've become such a stand for them. And really, like I I really started to get into them within the last like decade plus. I actually started with Diamond Eyes, kind of yeah. like you. Just, like, I, I did too. Yeah. Yeah, and that record still to me is just like, and I love the movie The Labyrinth too with David Bowie. And I don't know, I guess that the white on the cover was like so dope to me. <laughs> yeah, there's so many good, there's so many good songs. I love Nine Seven Six Evil off yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah, love that one as well. Um, but yeah, dude, those guys are great. Well, Jake, Brandon, this has been so much fun, you guys. Thank you so much for giving me more ninety minutes of your time. I, I, I feel. I hopefully I wasn't. Uh, dude, you're totally fine. We, we yeah, not at all. This has been awesome. Yeah, this has been really enjoyable. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. And I'll obviously put up the links for people. But for 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 folks who aren't familiar with uh, Gray Weather and they're new to you guys, where where can they find you? Uh, we are on every social media platform: uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook. We're you'll find us probably the most active on things like instagram where we're old so we're figuring out tiktok um <laughs> but we'll be there don't worry mm-hmm. uh we also can find us like the videos on youtube we have our own it's just on our own channel and as stuff comes out we're on spotify we're on apple music mm-hmm. we're on deezer i believe is the name of it mm-hmm. uh, title i think is coming mm-hmm. but where if you want to go seek us out you'll find us uh, or we'll find a way to find you. That's if everybody listening to Gray Weather's all one word, it's all together, which I think is dope too. Um, <laughs> yeah, if we did it the other way, you would have just found clouds would, every time. You would never find band. us. Yeah. <laughs> Keep dreaming big, man. I, I really love your guys' sound, and I and I I think you guys, um, w- the way you've been able to turn negatives into positives with your music and channel it, it's just uh, it's cool, and I'm 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 glad that people um, are excited to to come talk to me and do this kind of stuff too so thank you so much for your time and um you know this this won't be the last time either you're welcome back anytime and thank you I'm thank you very much those for you guys man yeah we we had a blast thank you yeah. so much for having this us on today has been really great really enjoyable um talking to you about everything <laughs> Righty-dighty, there you have it. That was my conversation with Jake Mercer and Brandon Steputat of the band Grey Weather. Make sure you go follow these dudes on Instagram at G-R-Y 
WTHR. The link tree and their Instagram handle will be in the podcast description for this episode. So just scroll to the bottom of that podcast description, hit those links, and go follow and support the dudes in gray weather. You will not be disappointed if you are a fan of heavy music, metalcore, prog, gent, alternative. If you love bands like Era, Spirit Box, North Lane, you will love these dudes. And I'm not just saying that because they were kind enough to come on the show, man. I really dug White Rabbit, and I can't wait to hear everything off the forthcoming EP, The Soma Collective. So once again, just stay tuned to those guys on Instagram at G-R-Y-W-T-H-R. Check out the music video for White Rabbit on YouTube. Again, as of recording the intro and close to this show, it was already creeping up on 15,000 views after like three weeks, man. So I'm really stoked for these guys right out the gate to be uh, hitting the ground running. I want to give a shout out once again to Jake and Brandon. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to come on the podcast and, and talk with me as long as we did. We had a great conversation and I always try to be mindful of not wearing out my welcome or um, being like one of my childhood heroes, Chris Farley on the Chris Farley show. Like, Hey, you remember when, uh, when you recorded, you know, uh, RIP Chris Farley. I love Chris Farley, but, uh, but yeah, man, I, I feel like I can gab with the best of them, and that's not me tooting my own horn, but uh, I don't love the the sound of my voice. It takes, it, it really, to be honest with you, it took me a long time to get used to the sound of my own voice from doing um, broadcasting back in the day, and now obviously this podcast like I've been doing, because the way you hear yourself inside your own skull is a lot different than when you listen to yourself played back on like a, a tape recorder. You know, remember that first time when you were a kid, especially when you were going through puberty or whatever, you're like, oh my gosh, what is up? You know, but anyway, I, I can gab with the best of them. And, uh, I, but I, but I don't like to listen to myself talk. I really just genuinely love having conversations with people. Hence why I have a podcast. So I try to be really mindful, man, of how long I keep people and, uh, you know, how long we talk. I want to be respectful of their schedules, obviously, and whatever they've got going on whether it's a weeknight when we record or it's a weekend, either way, anything, anytime somebody takes the time to come on this show, it really means a lot because time is the most valuable resource, in my opinion, that there is, right? We all get 24 hours in a day and, you know, we, we get the same 24 and how we want to spend it. So when people are kind enough to drop by March 4th and chat it up with me, um, it, it truly means a lot. But but again, this, this, this conversation, I, I love so much. I love every episode. So, you know, I don't rank bands or you know guests on the show as far as well this one was better than this one and this one like i i love and appreciate all of them but i i really genuinely enjoyed this conversation with with jake and brandon so i want to say guys thanks again so much for taking the time for going to the places that we went to for filling people in on gray weather and uh for for hitting on the subjects that we hit on man you know and that's what this show is all about about you know we we go to some dark places but it's only because we all have to walk through darkness to get to the light, man. And I'm just so excited for what is on the horizon for gray weather. And I can't wait to hear the Soma Collective. So once again, everybody, make sure you go follow them on Instagram at G-R-Y-W-T-H-R. The link tree is in the podcast description as well as the Instagram handle. And their link tree has the links to all their socials and everything too, man. So it's all right there. So I hope you guys enjoyed that one. I am going to keep this close short as well. Um, not only given the length of this episode, but just my voice, man. I just feel like I feel like every minute or so I've got a scratch in my throat and then I, I cough and then I got to like re-record because I'm a perfectionist and I don't want to rant too much longer. But once again, you can follow me on Instagram at March4thPod, on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman, and the host site is March4th.podbean.com. My link tree is in the podcast description as well with all of my stuff. So if you want to check it out, 
go, you know, like and subscribe, tell a friend, all that stuff. You know, if you would be so kind, I, I hate begging for it, but it truly does mean a lot in helping the show grow and helping get the word out about awesome artists like Grayweather coming onto the scene and letting everybody know what's up, man. So that's going to be a wrap. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate and love you all. And again, given the subject matter of this week's episode too, or at least, you know, part of it, um, whatever you're going through out there, man, please just talk to the people that are close to you. Don't be afraid to seek out help. You know, I've been really open on this show about my anxiety and, um, you know, some of my compulsions that I struggle with and irrational thoughts and stuff. And, uh, you know, every day is a new day and I have my good days and my bad days. And, um, I really don't want that to get lost on anybody out there who is struggling. Know that it's okay. It's okay to have bad days. It's okay not to feel well, either mentally or physically. We're human. We're, we're not bulletproof. We're not perfect. And there's so much out there in, in the world today, not just here in America, but all over the world about being on your grind and no sleep, you know, all that stuff. And, um, rest is important. Recovery is important and, um, taking care of your, your, your mental and your physical and your spiritual and your emotional states, you know, they all go hand in hand, you guys. So, you know, if you're out there and you're going through a tough time, man, um, just know that I'm here for you and so are the people who love you. So don't be afraid to talk to them. Don't be afraid to seek professional help. And in fact, I'm going to share a link um, that I've shared in past episodes for this one as well in case anybody is struggling, you know, to, to help you get in touch with uh, some therapists in your area if, you, if you're struggling out there. But didn't want to end it on like a super heavy note. But at the same time, man, like life life is heavy sometimes. And, uh, you know, like I said, given, given the places that we went to on this week's episode, I just uh, I wanted to throw that out there. You know, know that you are loved, know that you are appreciated, and there's a reason that you're here and we want you here. So don't be afraid to seek help. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. I love you all. I just got tongue-tied saying that one. I'm going to leave it in. Another, keep the faith and be kind to one another. See, that's a sign from the universe. I got to wrap it up. (laughs) Courtesy of the dudes in gray weather, here is their debut single, White Rabbit. Great show.